Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, thy well-beloved spouse. Place in us your gifts of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of your word, that we may grow in virtue and love for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, Mom. Good morning. How was your weekend? Weekend was very good. It good. was quiet. It was quiet. We're getting ready for the next two weekends, which are anything but quiet. Mm. Well, it's yeah, the time's flying. So two weeks from today is Christmas. Yes. That gives anybody uh people probably don't realize because it seems like we just started Advent, which we did, and now boom. <laughs> it's yes, upon it's, us. A sh- it's a short advent. So, what did you want to talk to about today? Well, as uh, we're two weeks into Advent, I thought it would be a good time to talk about confession. Mm. Um, as uh, it, this is a good time for us to go to confession and get ourselves clean. And, you know, we clean our houses when a guest comes. And since the baby Jesus is coming, it's a good time to clean up our souls. So, that's the topic I'll talk about today. Okay. So, um, to begin, in the book of Genesis, God asks Adam, where are you? When Adam sinned and Eve sinned by eating from the tree that God told them not to touch, they were disobedient. And so God says, where are you? Well, the chosen people lost their way too, over and over again. Uh, While they were uh, roaming through the desert, uh, they fell into sinful ways. And we too lose our way at times and sometimes we disobey God and he can come and say where are you Uh, the sin blinds us we lose our way and we also lose God when we sin so we all need confession to prepare ourselves for Christmas and Jesus always forgives a person's sins Uh, and in the scripture today in the gospel uh, he heals the man that they bring to him and open up the roof and put him down in front of Jesus. And before Jesus heals him of uh, his paralysis, he heals him of his sins. Uh, And that was shocking to the people at the time. So uh, our relationship with God, the father is restored in confession. And when we receive God's forgiveness of our sins, we receive his presence living in us. Uh, Who wants to lose that? We, We need that. We receive his grace and his strength to face every challenge that comes at us. And the challenges come at us these days very, very quickly and very out of the blue when we least expect it. Um, So it's in confession that we keep Jesus's presence with us. It sets us free and sets our hearts on fire. In uh, Medjugorje, Our Lady talks about going to confession. This one is from November 25th, 2012. Dear children, in this time of grace, that's in Advent also, I call all of you to renew prayer. Open yourselves in holy confession so that each of you may accept my call with the whole heart. I am with you and I protect you from the ruin of sin. 
but you must open yourselves to the way of conversion and holiness that your heart may burn out of love for God. Give him time and he will give himself to you. And thus, in the will of God, you will discover the love and the joy of living. Thank you for having responded to my call. So there are two kinds of sin, mortal and venial. And Father, maybe you can explain the difference to us. Yeah, the venial sins, uh, um, they're harmful, but they don't completely separate us from God. And mortal sin uh, does completely separate us from God and puts us in great risk of being then uh, pummeled by the enemy because we're no longer under the umbrella of God's protection. So mortal sin, three conditions. Uh, it has to be grave matter. Um, uh, the person has to be aware of the fact that it is a mortal sin, and then they have to give their full consent to it. So actually, in the days we live, probably um, many people would not even know things are grave sin. And so that would <clears throat> actually lower the sin out of the mortal sin area, oddly. Yeah, I, I, I would think they don't know. It's it is an odd thing. For the people that do know, it would still be a mortal sin. But for those who don't, because of their ignorance, um, it would be considered still a venial sin. Well, to whom much is given, more is expected. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but they, I I think people today really don't understand what a mortal sin is. Yeah. 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 I mean. It's not even on people's radar. People don't no. even think about these things anymore. It's, no. you know, 50 years ago, people would at least think about it. And they'd. people always sinned from Adam and Eve on. But there was a time when there was shame about committing sins, you know, and mm -hmm. people didn't yeah. want people didn't want other people to under, know that they were doing such things. Today, there seems to just be none of that. People don't care what people think. They do whatever they want. And they really don't care what people think for the most part. Mm hmm. And some people actually think many of the sins are actually good for them, you know? Yes. So it's a very strange time. Yes, it, it is. It certainly is. So the best we can do is keep our own souls clean so that we can see. Because when, you, when you're in, living in sin, uh, even venial sins, you, you can't see as clearly in the spiritual realm. You're kind of blinded. And so we want to keep our spiritual eyes open. Uh, so the best way to avoid venial sin is frequent communion and confession. And in confession, we're given special graces to avoid those sins which we have just confessed. So you, you're given uh, spiritual help to avoid that in the future. Yeah. Jesus's power is at work in confession. And uh, we, we also need to remove old ways of thinking and poor attitudes. Uh you know, we have a mindset and um, it blocks us. And so we have to, uh, you know, St. Uh, John the Baptist said, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the valleys and bring down the mountains. Well, what are the mountains in our hearts that need to be taken down? And what are the low parts that need to be built up? So um, what we really need here is a conversion of heart. Uh, one of my favorite <clears throat> scriptures of all time is St. Paul speaking to the Romans. And of course, the Romans were the most worldly. The, the Rome would be like New York City 
today. It's where all the very elite worldly people lived. And he said to them, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. It applies Mm -hmm. today more than ever. Yeah. So that's from Romans. Romans 12. Yeah. Verse two. Thanks. <laughs> um, so I, I think what we really need is a conversion of heart. Uh, you know, when you go to confession, the priest often will talk to you about your sins and offer some suggestions about what to do in the future to avoid that. And so we can work on our interior life and, and we have to ask ourselves, uh, do we pray? That would be some of the valleys that have to be built up. Are we praying? Are we spending time with the Lord each day? Where are we? Where are we? You know, uh, God asked that of Adam, but we can ask it of us too. Where are we? And then when you go to confession, you never hear this anymore. You're supposed to have a firm purpose of amendment. In other words, you're supposed to really, uh, in your heart, decide that you don't want to do that sin again. And um, an honest intention not to sin again. And what we used to call that uh, is avoiding a near occasion of sin. So we, if you have a habit of doing something that's sinful, you need to break it. And you need to avoid a tempting situation that will usually result in sin. So in other words, if, if uh, drinking alcohol is a problem for you, uh, don't go out with your friends to a bar. That's an occasion of sin. You're probably going to do it there. And you can think of uh, cases of all different things with different sins. But that's what they call a firm purpose of amendment. You're supposed to really decide that you don't want to do that sin again and make every effort to break the habit. You want to say anything about that, Father? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty basic uh, and simple to understand. If... Um, if when I do A, it results in B, and B is a sin, then you have to stop doing A. I mean, apply it to anything. Yeah, I, I don't ever hear anybody talking about that anymore, to have that firm purpose of amendment. But that is part of the confession experience, right? Yeah, that person has to have a desire to change and a true contrition for their sins, or the priest is not supposed to absolve them. That's part of the sacrament. Uh-huh. Um, when's the last time you heard of that? <laughs> no. No, no. You know, I frequently do ask people, you know, uh, when they say, you know, uh, I've, I've committed adultery, and I'll say, well, is this a, a stranger or somebody you know? Um, if they say it's somebody they know, I said, well, you have to now put that person out of your life because – you know, that's putting yourself in the near case. Once you've you've already opened the door, so now it's it'll become easier to go through it again. So they, you have to cut that out. And once I had a woman tell me she was um she was went to confession, and she wanted to uh she said I'm I'm, I'm I want to go to confession because I'm getting married uh, this weekend. Oh, good for you, wonderful. And then she sort of confessed the situation was that he was. He was divorced and didn't have an annulment. And I said, well, you can't, then you can't marry him. You're getting married outside the church? And she said, yes. And I said, well, that's, you can't do that. That that would put yourself in a perpetual state of mortal sin. And uh, she didn't like hearing that, but that's the truth, you know? 
And I said, it wasn't an accident that God sent you here today because you needed to hear this. And I said, so are you going to go forward with this? And she said she was. And I said, well, then I can't absolve you because you're you're not you're not changing your behavior. You, you're going to continue to do this by by marrying this man. So no, no firm purpose of amendment. She had a firm purpose of amendment. It was to keep sinning. Oh. Oh. My goodness. Yeah, well, we want what we want and we don't want to hear, you know, what's right and what's wrong. We just want to do what we want to do. That'll get you to hell. Yeah, that's a that's a prevailing attitude. You know, if you're not going to listen to the church, then, you know, I I don't understand why you would. You think you're going to just do everything you want to do and then you just go to confession and everything's wiped away, but it doesn't work like that. You have to, you have to actually change the behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it makes me think of, uh, there was this man, um, he's a saint, Saint, um, I think it's Saint Mark Xi Ching Chang. And he was, uh, he was a doctor and he wound up self prescribing himself, um, some kind of uh, very strong drug, like a morphine or something for uh, an ailment he had, and then he couldn't get off it. And he would go to confession to confess this week after week. And finally the priest said, I will not absolve you because you will not turn away from this drug. And so the man couldn't, he was addicted. He couldn't stop. And so he started praying to the Lord, please, the only way I'm going to be rescued from this is to die a martyr's death because I can't stop. And he was martyred. Mm. God answered his prayer. Wow, that's pretty extreme. Yeah. Did he have confession before he died? No. No. No, but, you know, to be a martyr. Yeah. He could have perfect contrition. That also counts as uh, as being as going to confession. It's very rare and you don't know if you have it. So we don't tell people to go that route, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, Our Lady speaks about confession. It's one of her five little stones. Uh, so it's very close to her heart. And this one is from December 4th, 1986, uh, in the early days. And she says, Dear children, today I call you to prepare your hearts for these days when the Lord particularly desires to purify you from all the sins of your past. You, dear children, are not able by yourselves. Therefore, I am here to help you. You pray, dear children. Only that way shall you be able to recognize all the evil that is in you and surrender it to the Lord so the Lord may completely purify your hearts. Therefore, dear children, pray without ceasing and prepare your hearts in penance and fasting. Thank you for having responded to my call. So she is calling us to confession. She has been for 42 years and she wants to help us to see the sins we commit she looks in our hearts and she sees evil there and maybe we look in our hearts and we we don't see it that way but she wants to open our eyes to see it as god sees it you know if we have this uh, illumination that some of the saints say we'll have and, and some of the modern Uh, prophets are talking about if we had the illumination it might be very shocking to us to see the sin in our souls that we overlook but our lady is here to help us 
And, um, you know, today people have a tendency to think that if they haven't murdered anyone, they're okay. Um, especially people who haven't gone to confession in a long time. I know when I used to go once a year, I kind of had that attitude myself. It's like, well, okay, haven't murdered anybody, haven't done anything <laughs> wrong. <laughs> but when you go more often, as Our Lady asks, once a month, you see all the little sins, and uh, they're very clear to you. In fact, sometimes you can't wait to get to confession and confess something just to get it off your heart. Um, so, again, uh, confession. Uh, and John the Baptist, his mission was to prepare the way of the Lord. And I would say in our own place and time, we each have a God-given mission and a vocation. And so before we can witness in any way, even just to the people in our own circle, our souls really need to be clean in confession before we can speak about God to anybody else. You, you agree with that, Father? Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. We've received much. We have baptism. We have confirmation. We have our faith. We have 2,000 years of the Catholic faith. We have the sacraments. We have the Holy Eucharist to nourish us and strengthen us. John the Baptist didn't have any of those things. Think about that. So what kind of witnesses are we? We have all of these things that we can lean on and, and uh, you know, they're at, they're at our fingertips. All we have to do is want them. Uh, and he was a great uh, prophet speaking out. So us, with all of these things at our disposal, we should be doing more. When and, you consider, uh, uh, I spoke about this yesterday, when you consider who Jesus is, right? So he was the most kind, he was the most loving, he was the most compassionate, he's the most uh, intelligent and wise, he's also the most powerful person that ever walked the earth. So with that list of character traits, why wouldn't you want to be his friend? Yeah. Like, I don't understand it. And not only his friend, but there's so many people who have an animosity towards him. Yeah. Like, what did he do that you are so angry about? You know, he didn't hurt anybody his whole 33 years uh, on earth. Why are you so angry at him? But people are. And it's it's a great deception of the devil to have people that not, not only are um, indifferent, but even hatred towards him. It's 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 the greatest uh, deceit of the devil ever done. Well, you know, it seems like there's so much hatred out there against all the good people, too, uh, for no other reason except that they're good. So yeah. uh, I don't know what that's all about, but that is out there. So, um, you know, with the, when the paralytic was brought down and put in front of Jesus uh, and when they brought him through the roof in today's gospel, um, Jesus had the authority to forgive sins. That was what the whole bone of contention was there, that the, uh, the, uh, the Pharisees didn't think he had the authority. But because he's God, he does have the authority. And he gave that authority to his apostles to go out and through them to all the priests down through the ages. And so the priest in confession has the authority to, to uh, forgive you your sins in the name of Jesus. And it's really Jesus who you're saying your sins to in that confessional. Uh, I think people need to hear that, the ones who are afraid to go. Well, what's interesting about the story is that 
you know, the the scribes, first of all, it says that most of the people there were the scribes and Pharisees. They came from all regions uh, to hear him. So the reason the paralytic couldn't get in the house is because it was jam-packed full with these scribes and Pharisees. They were correct in what they said. They said only God can forgive sins. So they actually were right, but what they didn't realize is that this was God standing before them. And Jesus does, the, the first thing he does is he, he says, your sins are, are forgiven to the man. That was for the paralytic. Then in response to the scribes and Pharisees, he does the second miracle, which is to heal him. But it was really for their benefit. You know, it wasn't really for the paralytic's benefit. It was so they would believe. And it shows you that even though they were being belligerent and stubborn and pigheaded and, uh, you know, kind of disrespectful to him, he still loved them tremendously enough that he wanted them to convert and come come over to him. And in fact, they do, because at the end of the story, it says they all were in awe and gave glory to God. So he accomplished what he set out to do. Yeah. And sometimes we forget that it's more important to have a clean soul than to be physically well. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're always looking for the physical. But really, you know, if you, you could be the picture of health and be in grave sin, and that would be worse off than somebody paralyzed but in a state of grace. Yeah, again, you have to have the eyes to see. Mm-hmm. Um, this so the story also illustrates the power of per- perseverance in prayer, not only for ourselves but for others. Those four friends were persevering in bringing him to Jesus, and so we can lay our loved ones at the feet of Jesus and ask for their healing, physical as well as spiritual. So that's a great thing we can do. Uh, you know, I know for myself, you can talk to people just so long and then they turn turn you off. But you can always be bringing them to Jesus, just like these four friends did. And so I want to bring in at the end of this, the divine mercy. Uh, I'm sure most of you listeners are aware of divine mercy and that these revelations were given to St. Faustina. Uh, And so, of course, Jesus has a lot to say about uh, confession and forgiveness. So this is. Divine Mercy number 1397 in the diary. And if Faustina speaking, the Lord said to me, the loss of each soul plunges me into mortal sadness. You always console me when you pray for sinners. The prayer most pleasing to me is prayer for the conversion of sinners. No, my daughter, this prayer is always heard and answered. Always heard and answered. So if you're concerned about a loved one, uh, be comforted by this this uh, little piece of, of the Divine Mercy book. Those prayers for conversion of sinners are always heard and answered. May not be right away, may not even be in your lifetime, but the prayer will always be heard and answered. What a comfort. But, so uh, where are we? The, la- the last question I'll ask is where are we? Um, let's have a look at where we are. Get our souls cleaned up for the baby Jesus who's coming and um, pray for the ones that are far from him. They're always, those prayers are always heard and answered. I had a request today from uh, one of our parishioners named Monica who wants you to one Monday speak about um, the consecration to Mary and, oh. and what does it mean when we give her all of our 
merits, that, that we would have no merits left for us. Oh. And she wanted to know, does that mean I shouldn't do other things like novenas for other people? Because all the merits have to go to to Mary. So I, I kind of said, you know, no, no, you can still do them. But any merit that you would be receiving would go to Our Lady, that she would give it to somebody, whoever she wants. But it would make for a good topic. Yes. Uh, thank Monica for me. I will. And say all right. for me. We're just about out of time. So, uh, again, two weeks from today, Christmas. Uh, Advent's a very busy season for the world, doing all their worldly things, but it's also a busy season for the Catholic to go interior and do the work of introspection to get your soul closer to God in these last two weeks. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Mom. Amen. This is Father Dan signing off. Imagine that you just tuned into Radio Maria and heard. Thank you so much for listening to the Radio Maria podcasts. It's thanks to listeners like you who donate that enable us to continue delivering quality content to listeners around the world. If you'd like to contribute and help us keep spreading the message of Our Lady's Son, please consider making a donation. You can reach us at 888-408-0201 or simply visit our donations tab on our website at radiomaria.us. Your generosity truly makes a difference. This has been a Radio Maria production.